Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of another film podcast. My name is Tierney. God, I hate myself for saying it like that. (laughs) (laughs) Colin, you're the second one that goes. I know, it just feels so weird. (laughs) My name is Colin. I know, okay. And my name is Matt, and we are in the same room together except for Colin. Yeah. Meaning Tierney and I. Yes. (laughs) Matt and I are in the same room. We're, in, we're next to each other, cheek to cheek, yeah. like in the song Lady in Red. We're dancing cheek to cheek. There's nobody here. It's just you and me. It's where I want to be. I want my arms around you. And I hardly know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's what we're doing. Callum is all alone. So lonely in Denver, away from us. Oh, aching so for us. Pining. <laughs> His heart yearning. Yeah. His groin throbbing. <laughs> Thank God that this is uh, an audio quivering. medium. Like, you guys can see the throbbing groin, but that's not, like, the, the rest of the world is not quite ready for that, so. It's not appropriate. Because it looks like, it looks like the Seeky commercials where the butt is pulsating. Oh, <laughs> a friend of mine texted me the other day. She's like, I hate these. And I was like, oh, yeah. I texted Matt. She was like, oh, Matt works for them? I was like, yeah. And she's like, does he know Matt about them? Matt designed them. I was like, yes. Yeah. It's, it's good advertising in that everyone's talking about it because butts talking is a wild thing to see. <laughs> it's so Have bizarre. they ever seen Ace Ventura? No, I think it's banned in... But see, the thing about Ace Ventura is that it's, like, very clearly his hands are are moving it around, like, moving his ass around. But these Seeky commercials are, like, the butt is sentient and is speaking on its own (laughs) volition. It's a new technology called Smart Butt. Do you think they actually filmed a video of someone farting and then slowed it down to make it look like, like the vibrations were, like... Like, in the same way, if you do, if you film yourself going like this in slow motion your lips like like i'm not gonna give away the trade secrets <laughs> did you have to sign it an nda not that <laughs> what did you have to sign an nda yeah we're gonna tell you how talk this, about how, how the butts talk was made but you can't talk about it <laughs> um anyway, anyway well uh we're recording this episode uh the movie is Children of Men. Kids of Dudes. Um, kids of Dudes. Yeah, uh, the Colin segment of uh, names <laughs> of our Zoom meeting. We got that out right away. <laughs> yeah, Kids of Dudes. Kids of Dudes. Um, so this was uh, my pick. I'd never seen it, uh, but I like uh, Alfonso Cuaron, and so I was like, well, I got to collect them all, and I think this is like the last one I hadn't seen. So. I was going to ask if, if you had seen all of his by now. I have not. There's still a couple that I'm missing, but... Uh, let me look, but I think I've seen pretty much all of them. Um, but yeah, so I hadn't seen it before. I've seen it now, and uh, I thought it was pretty good. It w- it w- I wouldn't say it's his best, but um, I don't know. I thought it was good, and there's a lot that is relevant to 2021. Yeah. Unfortunately... <laughs> yeah, which this came out in 2006, and we are now six years from when the movie is set. So, oh, that's right. He's quite sadly, handsome. more press. Okay, I've been sidetracked in the middle of like... talking about 
how relevant it is, Tierney just goes, he's quite attractive. Alfonso Cuaron? Of course, because is he over 40? (laughs) 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 My God. But how old is he? Oh, my God. He's... He's he's old. He's 59. He's almost 60. 59. Ten more years, he'll be 69. You know what I mean? (laughs) And then he'll be like, I want to live my year. All year? Yeah. My year all year. Um, No, I think the only one I haven't seen... I haven't seen his first two movies. Okay. Oh, I've seen A Little Princess. You have? Yeah, it's the one that was like the kids movie that they would always play in substitute teacher classes when they're like uh we're gonna watch a movie because i don't have a lesson plan so oh that does watch little princess again i think she gets a disease or something and then she gets better spoilers i don't know it's Um, a kid's movie but yeah no i thought it was great uh like not like a happy-go-lucky movie but it was very well made i thought yeah i'm actually surprised he hasn't made more movies um, yeah yeah that's i was just looking at it and i feel like he's made more but i think it's just the ones that he makes are so like deep yeah i feel like more than one movie yeah he's like a terrence malick where but not but funny not, yeah and not recent terrence malick where he's making a million movies a year instead <laughs> of none but like that um, period of terrence malick's career where he just didn't do anything for like 20 years <laughs> Yeah, where he's like, I'm thinking. And then at the end of 20 years, he was like, okay, I thought of all these things, and now here they all are at I the same time. I thought of literally everything. Now I have to film them all before I die. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably what's actually going through his mind. Yeah. I mean, they're all about God, so. Aren't they always? Right. I mean... That's the point. But he's like, I'm going to meet you soon, so I might as well make as many movies just, about you as I I'm can. I'm just getting closer yeah. and closer until that day we meet, so. <laughs> My last movie will be about me meeting God. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you thought it was pretty good? Yeah. And uh, you, I guess I mean, I'll go since we're in the same room. Yeah, this again, is so it weird. Feels, it feels weird to, <laughs> to break it up. Normal round robin nature <laughs> is going to be all fucked up from this. Um but I had seen this movie in 2008 or 2009 when I was in college because I was in a film class and the different groups could pick a movie that they wanted to present to the class. There were like really no other guidelines than that. My uh, initial, my class initial, or like my group initially wanted Young Frankenstein and being a fool at the time, I was like, what we're not going to do young frankenstein as like a cinematic movie that we could talk about now that i've seen young frankenstein as an adult i'm like oh we really could have talked a lot about this movie there's a lot to talk about but (laughs) instead we did requiem for a dream and then another group did children of men yeah truly a depressing ass class yeah everyone (laughs) left feeling gross and sad and uh but we watched children of men and I thought it was very impactful back then. I think I've seen it maybe once since then in its entirety. Um, so I think this was my third time seeing it because I remembered most of the movie and most of the like uh, twists and stuff. But I do think it, it maybe didn't land as hard this time for some reason. But it's still like a 9 out of 10, I think. so, uh, Or maybe like an 8 out of 10. But I think it's very good. And, yeah, very sadly relevant in almost every way. <laughs> yeah. So, hard-hitting yeah. movie. Um, so, I saw this movie in theaters in college in 2006. Wow. Um, 
So I was in high school. The uh, Valpo didn't have for like a hot minute. Valpo didn't have a movie theater in town, so we had to like drive twenty minutes to get to the nearest movie theater. So it was like an event if we wanted. Like we had to like make it happen. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And some friends and I were just like sitting around one night, and we were like, "Oh, we don't really have anything to do. Let's go see a movie." And like nothing was really jumping out at us. And we were like, uh, I guess we could check this one out. It's gotten some good reviews, but like none of us really knew anything about it. At that time, I had only really seen one Alfonso Cuarón movie, but it was Harry Potter 3, so it doesn't really count as, a, <laughs> as an Alfonso Cuarón movie. Although, I yeah. will say, I think Harry Potter 3 is probably the best Harry Potter movie, and I think a lot of that is oh, because yeah. it, mm. like he was able to take it and make it his own while still you know living in the... Harry Potter. Anyway, that's a different conversation for a different time. But anyway, uh, we all went to it with, like, no expectations whatsoever. And then uh, we were all, like... <laughs> we left the theater. We were all, like, totally blown away. And I, so I think part of the fact that, like, I saw it with... There wasn't a lot of fanfare around it. I hadn't... Like, nobody had built anything up around it. So I could go in pretty, like, pretty open to it. Um I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I've probably seen it six or seven times. Um, I oh wow! I think it's great every single time I see it. I don't think it's his best movie. I do think Roma is a better movie, but I think Children oh, of Men. Oh, I think is- it's Gravity. Nah. <laughs> Just kidding. I'd say it's even Roma. Tambien is better than this. See, I, I've never, I, I haven't, I haven't seen that one, but um, you should see it because there's a three-way in it. There's also a scene where the two of them are on diving boards jerking off. And then and then you see them finish into the pool. Yeah. You should see this movie, Callan. <laughs> All right, noted. Those are the parts that we're, we used to think are the best parts. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's no other reason to see that movie. There's just a couple scenes that, yeah. that involve sex stuff between two dudes. So. <laughs> yeah. In reality, it is actually a good predecessor to Roma in a lot of its themes. Yeah. Um, so re- I rewatched it during the pandemic and was like, oh. I want to go jerk off a diving board. <laughs> you want to jerk off the diving board? <laughs> Your hands would get so gritty from yeah. some, like grippy bits. Everyone's just waiting to get on and they're like, okay, what's happening here? So I've got a question. You are you done like soon? sitting on top of the diving board and jerking the diving board off? Or are you like in the water you know, like, I'm hugging the diving board, and then I'm attached to a harness that just drags me back and forth. <laughs> Hot. And then it shoots me out. Yeah. So I'm, I'm both the jerking off and also the cum. Why are we talking about this? Our listener is going to be so horrified. Our <laughs> one listener. Um, um, but yeah, so I, I would say it's not his best movie, but it's probably it's my favorite of his movies. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair. Um, I have uh, some notes on my phone, but I'm also using it to record, so uh, sound might be wonky a couple times. But I'm gonna pull up my notes just so that we have them. I believe in you. Um, I could I could start with mine. Yeah, uh, let's do it. This is your pick, Tierney. It's a top-notch soundtrack. Uh, is it? Yeah, it's all classic rock. Oh sure. The one of the things I remember the first time I saw this movie, and I don't know why. Like I, I, I'm not a huge Rolling Stones fan. I do really like the song Ruby Tuesday, 
but like for whatever reason, that was like one of the songs that really. Do stuck you like with the me. restaurant Ruby Tuesday? Uh, of course, who doesn't love the restaurant <laughs> Ruby Tuesday? Come on now. <laughs> I forgot Ruby Tuesday was a restaurant. That's funny. Um, I also wrote that I love Michael Caine in this, and I want his house. Yeah, so that was one thing that. So I've, this is the second time I've seen this movie this year. Um, oh, I did. I didn't, well, I didn't know that Tierney was picking it for the the fest this year. So I wanted to watch it earlier this year, and I watched it. And then she was like, "God damn it, that was going to be one of my choices." And I was like, "Oh, well, I'll watch it again. I love it." So, but um, one of the things it, it had been before I saw it earlier this year. It had probably been like five or six years since I had watched it. Um, and one of the things that I noticed these most recent times is how like really funny it is. Mm-hmm. for for a while like it it loses the sense of humor but like at the beginning and i would say probably for the first like 30 to 45 minutes there's a lot of like really good like there's a lot of really funny stuff in it um which yeah. i like f- again before this most recent time my memory of this movie is that it's a pretty bleak like mm-hmm. it's a pretty rough ride um so i was like oh that's fun and most of the comedy in the early part is michael Caine's character <laughs> Clive Owen's quite funny in this as well. Normally yeah. he plays like, I don't know, like a paper bag. <laughs> Clive Owen as a paper bag. A paper bag. My favorite thing about watching him in movies is there's always some scene where he's so into it, he spits so much. <laughs> where he's like almost like drooling. What's the movie where he, is he an assassin? Uh, is that The Born Identity? No. No. Are you thinking of uh, 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 guns? No, but he he spits so much that he almost drools in that movie. Oh wait, is it uh, the duplicity? No, I'll look it up. Is it is it the one where he's where it's um? You're killing it. Where he's? Is it shoot him up? Yeah, shoot him up. That's the movie. Where he's got a baby with him, and it's like a Looney Tune. I forgot he's in Gosford Park. He is in The Born Identity. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh it's the Pink Panther you're thinking of. When he's an assassin <laughs> and he spits. No. I think it's the... I don't know. It came out back when I was, like, young. I think it was the Pink Panther. Oh, Sin City, maybe? No, not Sin City. Oh, um, King Arthur, he plays... King Arthur, who's King Arthur, he spits a lot in that as well. Yeah. King Arthur was known to spit a lot because he would never swallow. Yeah. I anyway. <laughs> um, Maybe so this has been another escape. episode of... I think it was another, another Which one's film Clive Owen in? <laughs> reading IMDb pages. <laughs> it's definitely... It's The Escape, guys. The Escape, of course. The classic movie, The Escape, with Clive Owen. There's not anyway, a, there's yeah. not a single chance in hell that I ever would have picked that movie. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna go with my original gut actually and say it was the Born Identity. I'm gonna try and find the because he's in a field. Yeah, no, it's the Born Identity that he's like drooling. Okay, I guess you're right. Yeah, he's like in a grassy knoll. He's the shooter the of the grassy knoll. <laughs> Born Identity is actually about the Kennedy assassination. Look at you can practically see all of the. No, you can't see it there. But I can imagine. He spits a lot. Okay. Clive Owen spits. I love that the Born Identity 
just like low key was like, and here's who killed JFK. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we're gonna show Clive Owen on the grassy knoll, and then people will get it. They'll figure it out. <laughs> um. Uh, oh yeah, I for as far as the humor, when I was watching it with my brother yesterday, he was laughing so hard at the baby Diego stuff, yeah. which I was like. Oh, I didn't realize this was funny. And then watching it again, I was like, oh, they really are driving home how excessive the morning is. <laughs> Especially when he's like, I think I have to go home. The baby Diego's death is hitting me a little harder than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> and that's very funny. I also thought it was a good commentary on celebrity. Yeah. yeah. And I, what we put stock in. Yeah. I think, like, the intro is, like... Like, you're just thrown into that world, and, like, you hear the voiceover, and you just see all those people in the coffee shop just devastated. <laughs> it's, like, very darkly funny. <laughs> They're all just, yeah. like, grown-ass adults. One of them just holding a dog. <laughs> They're all just, like, <laughs> sitting in a coffee shop, just staring at a TV, sad because somebody that they've never met just died. <laughs> They're just, like... But also, like, isn't that pretty what, realistic? Yeah, yeah isn't that for what sure. Yeah. Anytime a celebrity dies. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, like in this case, it was like a global figure because he's the last person born on Earth, which is a rough thing that that kid, like the twenty-one-year-old, is dead from being stabbed. So I always took it as a very serious thing, and I don't think it's funny, and I don't think we need to be laughing about the death of Baby Diego. <laughs> He's not a baby. He's an eighteen-year-old wanker. He was a baby, but eighteen-year-old wanker—that's a line. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was funny in the beginning, and even Quietus, which is like apparently a suicide pill, yeah, is like also kind of like darkly funny, and like their Quiet advertisements us. are like, yeah, quiet us, and then it's just you decide. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh it's like, shit. Jesus, it's your life. You decide. <clears throat> It is also interesting that the whole premise is like this is what a world looks like if it doesn't have babies laughter in it. Yeah. But that baby doesn't laugh one time. Yeah, that baby's so boring. <laughs> it's like laugh or something. Uh, it's also not real. Yeah, that baby's hella CGI. But at least it wasn't like the Clint Eastwood I baby in American Sniper, <laughs> which is a war like a uh, war crime. That baby is a war crime. <laughs> I did um, think of that last night. I was like, okay, this baby is obviously CGI, but I would so much rather have an obviously CGI baby than an obvious, like, baby doll that Bradley Cooper is just, like... Thumbing the arm of <laughs> to move it and make it look like it's alive. Just the fucking dumbest shit. Worst baby award goes to the American Sniper baby. Oh, God. Uh, you had more notes, T? Oh, they're all... Uh, one of them was, why didn't Julianne Moore duck? Really annoyed me. She's yeah. like, what gunfire? I'll stick my head right here. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that scene, because I think that is, like, a, a big moment of this movie that people talk about. People? Yeah, you know, all of them. The, the ones that... Even baby Diego? Baby Diego <laughs> baby. talks about it. <laughs> All of them do. All the babies talk about it. Mm-hmm. The I mean, one from Allie McBeal. 
the one from American Sniper. American Sniper. Yeah, they all they're at their babies' meetings on Wednesdays. They're Does like Boss Baby. There boss Baby. Boss Baby's there, of course. Colin yeah. might have the contact information for him. Yeah, just a reminder to our listener: uh, Colin has seen the Boss Baby. He watched Boss Baby. It wasn't, as and bad. he watched the series, the TV series. Boss That's Baby. not true. That's not true. He, he His watched favorite every episode. Cars movie is the third one. <laughs> I don't know what I've done because, to deserve this. Because Boss Baby's in Cars 3. He drives one of the cars inside. <laughs> he, kill, he kills one of the cars, takes out its brain, and then sits in where the brain used to be and drives it. And then the body becomes a troll. Yeah, and then Justin Timberlake starts singing the song from Trolls. That Colin also saw Trolls. Colin saw all the bad animated movies that came out. If they were nominated for an Oscar, which all the bad ones usually are. Because there's only, like, four a year. He had to watch Sing. No, that didn't get nominated, thank God. I was so, I was genuinely terrified that that was going to get nominated and I would have to watch it. You don't want to watch a pig sing like he's on American Idol? Isn't it an no. elephant? There's a bunch of animals in it. I think uh, your boy Taron Edgerton, I think the voice is one of them. Maybe the main character? Yeah, and Not he's in the sequel, sure. too. He's one of the gorillas. Hargy Edgerton. I think it's Edgerton. Edgar. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Taron Edgerton. I'm Edging. on the Edgerton. <laughs> <laughs> Taron Edging. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so, anyway, what were we talking about? What movie are we seeing? <laughs> Children of Children men. Children of men, right. Kids of dudes. Um, <laughs> Kids of dudes. Yeah, so that sequence of the... I mean, we talk about long takes a lot on the show because I've got opinions on long takes. And Alfonso and Cuaron loves Alfonso Cuaron knows how to do a long take. If anybody's going to do a long take, he should be the one doing it because he knows what it takes to make it matter. And... The amount of shit that happens during the long takes of the of this movie and of other movies of his is like it builds Im- suspense. Yeah. yeah, it's impressive. It's important. Like the the way it's shot is important for why the impact is a, is what it is because you're just in that moment and you're not breaking away, but you are changing uh, perspective. You're changing location of like inside the car outside the car in the back seat in the front seat uh and it adds so much chaos when you won't you don't get to leave and you don't get to break up your experience in this car in this particular scene and at the end of the movie just walking through the crowd of people and seeing them react in like real time with no editing um I'm glad that action movies have kind of steered away from, like, the action sequences that are just, like, 900 clips of fists yeah. with sound effects. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm stepping on something a little bit later, but I've been re-watching the Bond movies to get ready for the new one, and Quantum of Solace is a terrible action movie. Like, mm. almost all of the action is indecipherable, because they're cutting so quickly, you can't really t- it's like, like you, you don't get a sense think, of what's happening. You're just like, okay, like Bond is running, I guess, because every once in a while I see, you know, Daniel Craig's face, but you, it's like nearly impossible to tell what's going on. 
I think people saw what Edgar Wright does and were like, mm. that's how you do an action movie. And they were like, every fight sequence is now that. And then Ed- they just Edger made Edger Wright? That. Yeah. yeah ed- Edger. Edging Wright. Edging Wright, yeah. <laughs> if you're doing edging right. Um, the... Yeah, I think that's right. I think in the same way that Quentin Tarantino wrote Pulp Fiction out of order and everyone saw it and was like, oh, I can write my movie without a through line. Like Memento? Yeah. Well, Memento's just in reverse, but, well, but yeah, maybe a little bit. Do you hate Memento? Is that a thing? I've only seen it one time. I didn't hate it or it it didn't, yeah, it just was like, what a movie. (laughs) What a movie. (laughs) I think it had been hyped up too much. I think that's probably fair. I think a lot of people feel like Memento is mostly just hype. I also, and like a gimmick. how funny would that be if his knee tattoos was Disney and then Datney? Like Disney and Datney? Are you kidding instead me? Instead of his actual knee tattoos? <laughs> <laughs> or just left and right because he forgot. You should get those tattoos. Uh, Can you do that, please, Tierney? <laughs> Yeah. Everyone's like, what are those knee tattoos? And you're like, they hurt like hell because they're on the knee, but uh, it's Disney and Datney. I hate Disney, though. Okay. <laughs> but you would, have, would you spell it dis K-N-E-E? I'm not going to do this. <laughs> we're asking you please to do this. We're, we're asking you nicely. I'm pretty sure Harry Styles has a... Might have dat knee on his knee. Let me investigate. You guys keep talking. Does he have dad ass on his ass? He doesn't need it. Because mm. <laughs> dad, dad, dad ass speaks for itself. It doesn't need a tattoo yeah. to announce it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I mean, okay, oh going, going back to that scene, that was <clears throat> like, so we were all like pretty blown away by the movie, but and we had like a 20 ish minute drive back to campus and we talked about that sequence a lot because. Yeah. It, I, it's a great action scene, and it's but it's, and it's not like showy. Um, yeah, but it's it's like so tense, and I think the fact that it comes so early in the movie, Julianne Moore. I mean, relatively speaking, I think it's like thirty-ish minutes into the movie. Um, but Julianne Moore is like second build in the movie, and then she dies. Like, like she's in like three or four scenes. Like she dies very quickly. Yeah. And, like, the whole time, they're just, like, driving, and then all of a sudden, there's just, like, a car on fire in front of them, and then it's just, like, mass chaos, and you're just, like, I have no idea what's happening, like, I, like, what the fuck is going on, but also, I can't not watch it, because it's just, it's, it's shot in, like, it's orchestrated so perfectly that you just, like, can't look away, um, just completely incredible filmmaking. Uh, I was wrong about Harry Styles' knee tattoos. He has we oui and C si on one leg and non and no on the other leg. So yes and no. But in French and Spanish, because he's a man of the world. I see, I see. We oui, we, oui. we <laughs> oui, see, <si. clears throat> no. Um, yeah, and I think that sequence too. Watching Julianne Moore bleed out. And, like, having Clive Owen just, like, clutch her throat as the blood pumps through his hand. And her face is, like, twisted and, like... And he still loves her. Yeah. It's a brutal scene. Well, it it comes... And I think that's why it doesn't feel like a flashy action scene. Because you're just watching somebody die that you just met and like. 
and who was just like throwing a ping pong ball back say, and it, forth it between comes their mouths. Right after that moment where they just like they're just like having fun in a way that they used to and can't anymore because of their shared history and like the all the stuff with their kid. But they just like have this really sweet moment of like human interaction and then seconds later she just dies at a, just a gruesome death it's it's very yeah. tough <laughs> and right before that scene he is when he is like can we get back together after this yeah like he was like I'm doing it for you and she's like you're doing it for the money but then it's like he's doing it for her yeah and it's the and that, I think that is the time when it turns from like kind of funny dark humor from like before that to when he starts breaking down by the tree after like when he's trying to light a cigarette and then just cries that's when you're like oh yeah shit's about to get real dark yeah and essentially nobody survives in this movie that we're with for the movie except for key spoiler alert i guess but you know whatever (laughs) key and the baby and baby Um, dylan everyone else is gone I'd forgotten that she, uh... Does that blonde dude with dreadlocks live? No. He gets got. Charlie Hunnam. Early Charlie Charlie Hunnam Hunnam. performance. And he's riding a motorcycle. So it's like... Oh shit, this was pre-Sons of Anarchy. (laughs) This this is the movie that got got him Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, he was in the movie... All I know about about the movie (laughs) Pacific Rim is it sounds like you drop a... Fork into a disposal. That's what the audio mix is. Because it's just metal punching metal. Yeah. Metal punching monster. Colin watched it in our old apartment, and uh, our listener might not be aware that the hallway was a sound tunnel to my bedroom. (laughs) And I was just like, the fuck is this? Because it was just two hours of chaos noise. Yeah. That's about right for what Pacific Rim is. It's another, anyway. it's a Guillermo del Toro joint. That is. It's related. That is. It's, it's related to Children of Men, sort of. Yeah, I wonder if Not really. Coron was like, Charlie Hunnam, he's a good guy to work with. And he was like, I will make him my lead in my next movie. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro said that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, rec- I saw him in the credits and I was like, Charlie Hunnam's in this? And then when he showed up with those dreadlocks, I was like, oh shit, Charlie Hunnam is in this interesting <laughs> what a his, choice his voice is unmistakable too because like he because i don't think you see his face right away i think he's like wearing a mask or something but like you hear it and you're like oh shit charlie hunnam what up dude and then you see the dreads and you're like okay <laughs> yeah all right that's what you're doing okay <laughs> um shiwatella gia four is in this yeah. uh and excellent as always um but I remember him. I he was not a surprise because I did remember him. Uh, but it is pretty star-studded, is what I'll say. I would agree. No follow-up, I guess. Yeah, there's no. I was trying to think of a joke. Uh, everybody's uh, everybody's favorite boy, Danny Houston, shows up in just like ooh, a yeah. wild appearance. <clears throat> Danny Houston is Clive Owen's cousin in the movie. He's who, like the the art dealer who's just like yeah yeah the earth earth is or like the world's gone to shit and I just don't think about it it's like okay oh, yeah. <laughs> essentially living the life I would like to live one day but 
not morally. And his son is the dude from Gossip, Gossip Girl. Girl. Yes. Yeah. Ed Westwick or whatever. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, you're another face that I don't think I knew. I also was like trying to figure out what he was doing this time. And it's like, looks almost like he's doing like a virtual Rubik's Cube kind of thing. Did you guys? Yeah. Was I the only I one like, paying attention to that? No, I was looking at it and I was like, I think this is probably something that they like wrote in the script, like is doing a virtual puzzle. And then they were like, uh, just like move your fingers around and we're like, add something in post. And then they were like, oh shit, we forgot that one thing. So like, just make it like a Rubik's cube. Uh, there's no point to it besides just like blocks moving up and down. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. We're, it's only in a they few only shots. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he has a, a David statue with like yeah. a robo leg, or, like a metal leg. I think it's the David statue. Yeah, it's yeah. The, the David. Uh, he also has Guernica in his d- dining room, yep. uh, which was like a fun thing. Which then later at the very end of the movie, when they're in the sewers about to go to the human project, there are dr- like graffiti on the walls of the sewer that look identical to figures from Guernica. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, literally, as they're getting loaded onto the boat by that lady, uh, there's, like, a screaming person, and it's, yeah, one of the figures from Guernica, and I was like, oh, shit. Hmm. I wonder what that means. I wonder what the symbolic importance Symbolism. of it is. Yeah. Uh, but that, yeah, that apartment is so... Oh, and then uh, when he arrives to his cousin, the interior is the Tate Modern um, oh. in London, because the Tate Modern was originally, like, a power facility, and so it has that same, like, ramp area, mm-hmm. and they just, like, painted it white and, like, dressed it up to look like uh, whatever, like a house, I guess, even though he lives in a battery fat, like a uh, power station. But I was like, oh, shit, that's the Tate Modern! When I went to the Tate, there was, in one corner of the room, brown sludge <laughs> just piled Oh, was it shit? And so, well, I took a Snapchat and then drew a, a stick figure of someone above it, so it just looks like a giant poo. <laughs> but I was, some of the stuff in the tape, you're like, this is, like, so cool. And some of the stuff, it's like, what? Yeah, there's some wild stuff in the tape. And some that's why modern I like art, I just don't, I don't, I don't get it. And sometimes the point is to not let make you get it. To be like, isn't it antagonistic? I just had a burp, so I got real... Antagonistic. Antagonistic. <laughs> um, yeah, there were some other ones where I was like, I mean, this is just garbage. <laughs> like literal garbage. <laughs> just literal Hanging trash. from the ceiling. From, from yeah. the side of the street. They're just like, eh. Put this up on a wall, I guess. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, we can talk about modern art another day. Uh, yeah, but Danny Houston in a in a very brief role. But I did like the perspective that that character offers, which is like so hyper wealthy that he is unaffected by how truly miserable the world is. And we talked earlier about how a lot of this movie. <laughs> Sorry, I had it's to fine. discipline my hound. <laughs> But I was trying to do it quietly. So you were doing it quietly. It was just funny how when we were talking, you had a smile. And then you d- very much did not have a smile. You were looking very <laughs> angrily at your dog. <laughs> he was just getting a little bitey. Stop it. Um, but we were talking earlier about how a lot of this movie is, like, 
up, like distressingly relevant to today. Yeah. And I thought mm-hmm. that was that was one that jumped out to me particularly uh, mm-hmm. in this viewing. It was just like, oh, yeah, just some rich dude who is just completely oblivious to how much everything is shit for the entire rest of the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And literally, like, I just don't think about it. Yeah. Which is, like, a brutal line for a movie where everything and everyone is affected by this, like, really depressing future. I think my favorite from that interaction is why are you, like, what are you saving all this money for? It's going to die with you. And it's like, you look at people who are billionaires and it's like, what are you saving all this money for? Because there's not going to be a planet for your descendants to have any of it. Yeah. You just don't need that much money, Jeff. (laughs) Jeffrey Bezos of Amazon.com. CEO, entrepreneur. Yeah. Born in 1964. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Bezos. Um, when we were watching it, my brother was like, I would like to understand more of, like, why everything has gone to shit in this world. Like, nothing seems to be going well besides the fact that no children are being born. Like, it seems like it's a total societal collapse. And I was like, well, they do that, like, flash montage commercial that shows, like, a mushroom cloud in New York and then, like, allude to something very bad happening in New York. And, like, it seems like other places had also pretty calamitous well, events happen. So that I thought that was really interesting because it's, it's like, a, it's a British propaganda piece, right? Like, the whole thing is just, right. like, here's how everything in the entire world looks, like, is just completely falling apart. But, like, Britain remains strong. Like, that's the whole point of that, like, propaganda video that's playing on the buses or whatever. But then you, like, actually see... Like, throughout the entire movie that that's just absolutely not true. <laughs> like, there's just, yeah. like, no part of, of, I mean, except for that one little wealthy pocket that Danny Houston and his art and his kids' weird Rubik's Cube are hanging out in. Like, everything is shit. It's like he predicted Brexit. <clears throat> mm, interesting. I did have... Uh, and then also the U.S. Uh, immigration policy yeah. of putting people in cages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That which I think in the end that is the takeaway from the movie is like kids not being born is like the premise, but like the true theme of the movie is the treatment of refugees and the treatment of immigrants. And that's why Key is such uh is so in danger because she's an immigrant and they would hurt her or kill her if or steal her baby. Or steal her baby. Steal her baby, yeah. So, like, that idea, and that, like, all of the problems that they have to get around are around, like, immigration and refugee treatment. And so, like, her... I can't remember the name of the person that's, like, with her, who Uh, is the one that talks about, like, she was a midwife, and that's when they started realizing nobody was able to have kids anymore. her name in The Americans? It's not the same actress. Similar vibe, but not the same actress. No, uh, the one who plays Miriam is also uh, Aunt Marge in Harry Potter 3. So she she and Quaron go way back. And she uh, was apparently in Call the Midwife, which is a reference that only Tierney would get, but is a fun callback to her character (laughs) in Children of Men. It's (laughs) also a very potent... uh, contraceptive form 
Call the midwife? Call the midwife. Just one episode. And oh, they're like, never mind. Kids are rough. <laughs> yeah. And then she, you'll, you'll she played uh, Trunchbull in the Matilda oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's a, that's a really Did good point. Did she pull. also eat a funny whelk? What? Crickets. Marge, Aunt Marge ate a funny whelk. Are you kidding me? I no. What, is that Harry Potter? Yes. Aunt Marge eats. It's a, a postcard funny whelk? that Uncle Vernon gets in the first book and movie, and he goes, "Oh, a letter from Aunt Marge. Ate a funny whelk. She ate a funny whelk, and she got food poisoning." <sighs> okay, we can move on. <laughs> Do you guys? Well, so in the movie. <laughs> In the movie, he says, oh, no, Marge is ill. That's the that's what I remember. And then he murmurs, ate a funny whelk. And the way he says it is very funny. And you've been missing out your whole life. All right. Now we know. And I still don't know what a whelk is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a seafood thing. Mm. And it's like, I mean, aren't all, isn't all seafood a bit funny and makes your stomach turn a little? Yeah, because they tell such good jokes. <laughs> So anyway, stupid. so yeah, so she, like, she gets taken, uh, she gets got at a at and a then Liam Neeson camp. is like, I have a very special set of skills. Exactly, and she's, he's like, I'm gonna come after that lady from Children of Men <laughs> who played Trunchable. Um, and like, oh yeah, so we and we were talking uh, last night because uh, I remembered one of the things in uh, Children of Men was that. They posed the de- detainees of the refugee camp to resemble the poses of Abu Ghraib prison, which was a very topical news item back in 2006 and just a generally important, like, uh, story, or not story, but like, uh, event that kind of shaped how you America can call it was. You a human seen. rights violation. Human rights yeah. violation, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, shaped how America was treating detainees. <clears throat> And how awful it was and remains to this day in many ways. Almost nothing's changed. So yeah. cool just stuff. Just another interesting, very topical, relevant thing in this movie. It's like an ointment, just a topical cream. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> uh, All right, good but, stuff. But yeah, pretty brutal. And yeah, just the, the, the other thing is like, Truly, I didn't remember how much propaganda is in the streets. Yeah. That's anti-immigration. Like, everything is anti-immigration. In a way that also feels very relevant that five years earlier, before this movie came out, was 9-11. And the, like, see something, say something thing was, like, so prevalent. And, like, you can stop terrorism. You can stop terrorism. Like, if you see anything, it's probably a terrorist, so you should stop them. Uh, Is that also, like, when ICE started to become... Big. I'm sure that they got more uh, power post 9-11 in order to quote unquote protect the borders but really to continue hurting people so yeah pretty <clears throat> oh wait which also I guess this is an interesting thing if this takes place in 2027 and the youngest person on earth was 21 years old did they 18. say 18 okay so that means that 2003 was the last time a person was born 
So well, that's, that's just blatantly not true. Right, that did not happen. So this movie is fiction. <laughs> oh, but the other thing that was was uh, also interesting is that I think that we've talked about this. Maybe you guys were the ones that sent me the article that due to the use of plastics, like uh, sperm count has been decreasing since mm-hmm. the 70s. And so I was like, well, they just put it maybe 50 years later and it could very well be true. Interesting. Yeah. Sprinkle in a little climate change. <clears throat> Legitimately, though. And it does seem like a world ravaged by climate change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, everything looks like garbage and is covered in garbage. And they do mention that, like, they're not sure whether, what it, like, they oh, list right. things that it could have been caused by, and one of them is pollution. Mm-hmm. Um. I think they at one point listed a pandemic, and I was like, this is too much. Well, so I mean, that's what, um, that's how their son died. There was a flu pandemic oh, in 2008. Good, yeah. I, was like, I was like, oh, oh, if they just added another 11 years, they would have been spot on. Yeah. Damn. Youch. Did you um, say youch? That's all my, all my notes. Yeah, I said youch. Bless. Um... I guess in the in terms of like how hopeless the um like the world was, it also reminded me of like leftovers, why the last man. Uh, I've been getting strong children of men vibes as, as I've been watching this season of why the last man. Yeah. Um it's like yeah, it's it's very much like there's a, there's something going on and it's hopeless, but we're going to keep trying anyway. I also met well, I was just going to say, similar to, like, when we were talking about the, how basically, like, that that uh, English propaganda piece was, like, everywhere else is terrible, but we made it through, uh, mm-hmm. reminded me of V for Vendetta. Yep, 100%. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right, which also came out in 2006. Came out one year earlier. What was it, 2005? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to point out that Matt has a note that just says, ugly cars. <laughs> Hideous cars. The movie, this movie has the worst cars. It does. Which is kind of great because it's just another aspect of this future that, like, sucks. Like, the technology in the car sucks. The car shapes are weird. They look like they're made of, like, other pieces of cars. Yeah. Nobody has a good car. Nobody has a good car in this movie. They're all the most ugly cars. Except for the car that he rides in when he's going to meet his cousin. (laughs) Right, 100%. <laughs> Which is like exactly. a pristine, I don't know the brand, but it's like a pristine... Um, Michael Caine's car is also pretty pretty sweet. I mean, that yellow station wagon is still pretty fucking ugly. It's I got forgot like it was a, yellow, I thought it was navy. It's no. got like a big black stripe for most of the middle, and then it's just like also yellow on the sides at a station wagon. It definitely looks like an old car that they just like... Like the door fell off, so they had to get a different door so it's like (laughs) which is which reminded me of actually another uh pretty hopeless futuristic movie looper which also has ugly cars that are like rag raggedy and like using parts from other things um here's a hot take though yeah what's your hot take are our cars even not ugly the cars in 2021? Yeah, our cars are very sexy and actually, like, sexually pleasing. I mean, again, I, I yeah. don't want to jump... I don't want to step on Just toes right of our muffler. later conversation, but... Some cars... It's a tan. I was going to say, some, some cars are so so sexy that people would fuck them. 
in the year of our Lord 2021. So, mm-hmm. you know. That's what I said. You just stick it right in the muffler. Well, why why does it have to be you sticking it in a muffler? Why can't, you know. I just take the car right. Yeah, the stick and, shift. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you just kind of like slip right onto it. <laughs> I mean, not you. Anyone really Poor could. Listener. Literally anyone could. But also, I mean, you if you want. There's no kink shame. You here. if you want. There's yeah. No, there's no like shame. The emergency brake works fine. <laughs> The stick shift, the windshield wiper knob. <laughs> if you get the angles right, you could probably make that rear view mirror work. Um, oh All right. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, clearly, the dipstick named for its action. Um, anyway, yeah. Look at Matt knowing his car parts. Yeah, I own a car now, and now I know how to car and service my car. <laughs> how to service your car. <laughs> Yeah, how to service it, you know what I mean? Sometimes I edge my car. My sister didn't know what a catalytic converter was, and she saw a TikTok, and it wasn't until they wrote out catalytic. She thought it was, so did the guy, thought it was a Cadillac converter. In my brain, it still looks like Cadillac converter in my brain. (laughs) It's it's a type of Cadillac. Have you guys ever seen Cars? The movie with with, uh, Paul Newman? Matt's favorite movie, or Colin's favorite movie. The movie with the boss baby? That we talked about yeah. earlier in this episode. <laughs> and he says, Bazinga. Wait, I say that sometimes. I, you shouldn't say Bazinga because it's, it's from Big Bang Theory and you know how I feel about Big Bang no, Theory. I'd have never seen Big Bang Theory ever in my Don't. life. Don't. That's probably I'm for the best. Gonna. Don't do it. I'm asking you nicely. All right, fine. What's okay, your good. next thing? Um, I wrote, so Michael Caine's wife was like, uh, I almost said catalytic. That's not what I meant. <laughs> she was a Cadillac. <laughs> she was a Cadillac converter. Uh, she's catatonic in the movie. She's just a car. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and she, there was like a news clipping about the torture of a photojournalist. And I, and that's her. They smashed all her windows. Ripped the handles off uh, the car. We're still on that. We're still on the her being a car. <laughs> Um, but do we? Tierney's like, oh yeah, I got a few more miles on this. Yeah. So wait, did you pick up what that hint of a backstory was? Was it that she was exposing atrocities, and then the government kidnapped her and like tortured her until she was catatonic? (laughs) Until she was a car. (laughs) Until she was pentatonics. She's a vodka tonic. She's yeah. just sitting there like, oh, I'm so thirsty. <laughs> I, no, I've never picked up on that. I mean, I think it's a fair read, but I, I've, I've never noticed those things that you were talking about. Well, next time watch it. Cause they, they like <laughs> spend a really long time on all those articles and photos of, of her and Michael Caine when they were younger. Yeah. And like the last thing we see was like, lawsuit against government for torture of journalists and it seems like it's about her um anyway that's just a note that i had (laughs) about it you know he also wrote boss baby i did i I wrote boss baby (laughs) no i wrote barn baby because this movie is thick with biblical references and like uh jesus kind of like parallels um 
the fact that like the first time she shows uh, that Key shows her pregnant belly is in a barn, which is famously where Lord Jesus Christ Jesus was born inside of a barn on Christmas Day. But she wasn't born, and he was, the baby wasn't born. In right, a barn. but symbolically, you're among cows and other barn animals. I guess. And then when when they're playing with the little toys and stuff, when they bring them to who's who's taking? I'm trying to remember. Who's, like, very sweet with the baby, where she's like, oh, they're, like, getting along with the baby at the, one point. The woman in the refugee camp? Maybe. But that feels very, like, uh, three wise men. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> there's also the line where um, Theo asks her who the father is. And she's like, I'm a virgin. And he's like, what? And then she's like, no, nah, right. I'm just fucking with you. I have no idea who the father is. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. that's good. <laughs> That is good. And, yeah, and just, like, at the end, like, uh, not the father of the baby, like, Joseph, walking with the mother of the baby and the baby, like, together as this, like, little holy family that everyone is, like, in awe of is very Christmassy. That sequence is very moving. Yeah. Like, it's because it's all part of that long take. Which is just I thought it was a little bit funny. It's just a little. <laughs> I don't really know. I what just to do had here. to absorb that for a second. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Can you it went expound on, on that? Just long enough that it became <clears throat> funny. To hmm. me. To where it's everyone hmm. like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and then as it went on, it was just like. Oh my god! Huh? I mean, everyone's pretty quiet, though. No one's saying anything, but it's just—it's the same thing is happening over and over, and mm-hmm. so it's like, it, to me, it just became funny. Okay, God. Well, no, I love that you <laughs> laughing at war. <laughs> no, just kidding. No, I—I I think it is. I think that's a fine interpretation of that scene. Is that it goes on long enough that it's like okay, but but at the same time, like. Imagine if you were in that world and not a single human had been born in 18 years and you were just like, the earth is, like, humanity is dead after the current people who are alive pass away. Like, that's it. That's, like, a really bleak way to, like, live most of your life. And then 18 years go by and you, you're you one of the first people to see a human baby. Like, you would be pretty... Like, I get where you're I coming would, from, but, but I think... I'm also not a soldier. You've got soul. But I'm not a soldier. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, know. We don't have to. We can agree to disagree. Uh, that's fair. I do... I, I think... do like the way that that scene ends, though. When it's just like... With a bomb? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When everybody's like, oh, shit, this is, like, literally the most significant thing in modern human history let's all take a moment and appreciate how significant this is. And then they're like, all right, just kidding. Let's do, let's do more war. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, back oh, to business. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Which that feels like the commentary on the movie too, is like, we'll never, we'll never let good enough be good. We'll yeah. always be fighting for Isn't no reason. Isn't that just the American way? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Good enough is never okay. Gotta be the best. Yeah, Gotta run ourselves ragged. At all costs. Work until we die. America. Anyway. America. 
Um, and anyway. Britain. <laughs> I'm. I have nothing else to say about this movie. Oh shit! We've been talking for a while, haven't we? Yeah. Matt, I just else? got some quick things. I'm just gonna rattle off real quick. Not quick enough. Um, Froley being the potential name for the baby, very funny. Where she's like, <laughs> I'm thinking of naming him Froley, and he's like, Froley. <laughs> And what? then she changes it to, what it's is it? Like bazooka, isn't it? Bazooka, and he's like, I, I was just getting used to Froley. <laughs> but the fact that she, names she, she settles on Dylan like it's right before he dies, is very yeah. sweet. It's very sweet. Also, do you think that he dies? Yeah. Oh yeah, that guy's dead as fuck. Okay, I mean that's how I always read it too. But I was like, I guess because well, you see his soul leave. Yeah, it goes out of his mouth. Yeah. It's Clive <laughs> Owen like a Casper ghost zigzagging in the air and going, bye, Key. Bye. And then his mouth is just dripping with saliva. I, so I always read it that he died in the boat. But then I was like, I guess the whole point of the, the tomorrow that's rescuing them is like a hospital boat that's disguised as a fishing boat. And like he had just passed out, presumably passed out from blood loss. I think he had just passed. Well, again, that's how I yes. always read it, but I was like... <laughs> he just tooted? Yeah. It was like, I just... oh, God. Oh. <laughs> um, I, as I was watching it last night, I was like, I do wonder... I could toot, too. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you're fine. I just thought you were going to. No, I, I was I was putting words in your mouth oh. last night when you were watching it. You were like, I can toot, too. You know what? I can do that, too. Um... But yeah, last night I was just like, I wonder if, like, he maybe could have, I, I, you know, even then I think it was a long shot, but the fact that he was yeah. about to get rescued by a literal hospital boat. Was it a long shot or a long can shot? What? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we maybe they defibrillate him. We record together. <laughs> very crude. Yeah. Um... Maybe they defibrillate him on the plate on the boat, but I think he was a dead at the end. <laughs> I think he became a dead. <laughs> um, also, the shot of them at the school when Key is out on the swing, framed in that like teardrop-shaped shattered window. Beautiful, beautiful framing. Beautiful shot. It's so weird when they go into the school. Because, like, rationally, yeah. you're like, yeah, this makes sense. Like, there's no children, so there's no reason to have a school. But just, like, seeing just the school so run down and so, like, it's just like, oh. Yeah. Like, that, yeah. that is, like, one of the things that hit hardest for me on this most recent watch. Because that, like, I to me, that, that felt like touch. the most emblematic of a society that it just, like, completely collapsed. Yeah. Yeah. Woof. Um, those are all my notes. It also reminded me say? a little bit of the left, uh, the, the Last of Us. Hell yeah. Reminded me of Chernobyl. I haven't seen Chernobyl I still yet. I watched it. I mean, it's a real life event. Oh, I thought it was a fake book. God. <laughs> all right. Matt thought it was a fake I book. I thought it was pronounced Chernobyl. book yet, so... <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched the book. You haven't binge read some words. Yeah, I haven't. Aud- I haven't fast forwarded through the audio book <laughs> at two times speed. Uh, would you guys watch this on a plane? Probably. Yeah. 
Probably. It's like a little grim for a plane. And there's some, like, there's some nudity, but, like, limited. I think the thing, weirdly, the thing that would hold me back from watching this on a plane is, like, <laughs> whenever I watch this movie, I want to watch it on, a like, a giant screen. Like, this movie just feels so cinematic to me. That, like, mm-hmm. watching it on an iPad doesn't seem like it would do this movie justice. I watched it on my computer. I thought it was fun. I watched it on my phone and then on my watch. <laughs> I didn't even know you could do that. You can't, but it was, it was just a joke. It's just, it's just jokes. It's just um, it's tattoo just ideas. I think probably Ooh. Julianne Moore just bleeding out would probably be a good one. Just like, yeah. yeah, you could get that done on your own neck. Yeah. The poster isn't the poster for Children of Men like an embryo. Yeah, you could probably get an embryo tattooed on you. It's a pretty dope poster yeah there's not a lot of other like fun stuff to get to like unless you get one of those ugly cars yeah just two (laughs) ugly cars racing each other with lightning bolts coming out of the back or honestly honestly here's the winner it's jasper pulling his own finger because nobody else would pull it for him (laughs) and then just the little words toot toot coming out of his butt (laughs) pull my finger Michael Caine speaks from the back of his throat like this. Michael, no, no, the Michael Caine. You remember that from the the ride, the trip, the trip, the movie, the trip with Rob Brydon and uh, Steve Coogan. And, uh, Steve Coogan is talking about my. They do a Michael Caine impression. Remember I've that? Was, I've never seen that movie. Well, oh, anyway, it's raining. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know what tattoo idea besides like. Well, it's like this. Like all Cuaron movies, this movie looks beautiful in as much as, like, a dystopian future can look beautiful. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like, so bleak. <laughs> yeah. Like, even, like, the, the, ima- like the images are, you, you know, get... framed really well and shot really well, but it's just, like, I don't... I don't you want that. Human, human boobs surrounded by cow udders. Mm. Oh, that was a really fun... Uh, when she's talking about the cows and how they chop off some of their tits. It's like, can't you just make it with eight? <laughs> make the machine with eight holes? <laughs> um, Awful. Would you guys hang out on this film set? Probably. I feel like there'd be some good comic relief. Yeah. Yeah. It would be a depressing film set to hang out on, like, visibly, visually. Yeah. But, but, like, also, you're like, with some top talent. I mean, I get to meet Alfonso, so. Yeah. And Michael Caine, you can help him fart. <laughs> I just remember. <laughs> when <laughs> when Matt burned Tierney so bad earlier this episode. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit harsh. I mean, you're Savage. 32, so... It's okay to be attracted to people over 40. Oh, my God. Especially because they know how to sex better if they're older. They've done all the sex already, and then they're like, I'm trained up. But what if you only had so many orgasms in your life? And then they run out, and they're like, I used all of them alone. And just dust comes out. (laughs) Uh, uh, uh. 
I'm done. Yeah. Was that, was that good just for like you? an inhaler. Was that good for you? <laughs> um, What's our other category? Yeah, what are our other categories? Uh, the only other one is Oscars. Ooh. Was this nominated for Oscars? It, it had to. It was nominated for Oscars. Of course. It was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. I, I also didn't know this was a novel I, until... I, 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 mine, 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 um, mine. from my favorite movie, Cars 3, uh, <laughs> Finding Nemo 2, Cars 3, colon, Cars 3, um, yeah, yeah, I didn't know it was based on a book until the credits rolled, and then I was like, oh, maybe I'll read this depressing-ass book next. Maybe I'll listen to this at two times speed. <laughs> Yeah, there were no babies, and no, the world was awful. The chaos was happening, and society collapsed, and there were no. All the cars were ugly. My brother listens to audiobooks and podcasts at that speed, and I'm like, does that not stress you the fuck out? He's like, I don't have time to listen to a regular one, and I was like, no one is that busy. Yeah, like fuck off, man. (laughs) Or just don't listen to them. (laughs) But they give you the option, so. Um, did I think at one point Netflix was uh talking about adding like a the similar like feature so you could like watch a netflix yeah. show at like two times speed i'm like what the fuck are we doing like actually yeah. what are we doing <laughs> like, like now you can watch it at two times speed on your phone while working out of the gym <laughs> you can do it on youtube yeah but youtube's all shit content anyway all right let's what are the categories <laughs> <laughs> i'm so mad best adapted screenplay best cinematography and best film editing yeah, those are good. Mm-hmm. I feel like those three are, are are solid choices. Yeah, I don't. Um, I, th- I I think I think if if this would have come out like f- four years later when they were doing the more than five, I think this would have gotten nominated for best picture. Who was nominated? Um. So, the Departed one. Oh, right. Babel, Letters from Iwo Jima, Little Miss Sunshine, and The Queen. Okay, but... It would have made it, for sure. Yeah. But... I would... And I guess also because, like, Gravity was nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Roma was gra- nominated for Best Picture. Prisoner of Azkaban was nominated for Best Picture at the Saturn Awards. <laughs> this is sci-fi I, awards. I, I've only seen Babel well. once. Um, but I definitely, like, I would put, personally, I would put Children of Men in over Babel. I think I probably would, too. I'd probably put it also over Little Miss Sunshine. That's fair. Yeah. I'd probably put it over The Departed, too. I'd probably put it over, what else is not Letters of Iwo Jima. There it is. <laughs> yeah, I think I probably also would have put it over The Queen. Yeah. But I haven't seen The Queen, but I probably would have put it over it. Um... I do think, like, the best director feels like that could, probably could have gone his way. I mean, he's fine now. He's gotten a couple of them. Isn't so, like the one Martin Scorsese finally won? Yeah. That would have been great if he beat Martin Scorsese and then The Departed won. And Martin Scorsese was like, I'm going to kill that man. <laughs> <laughs> he's ruined my life. I was so close and I'll never win now. Um, but, yeah. I think, the, I think it, it got nominated. The ones that it got nominated for feel right. Although it didn't mm-hmm. win for best editing, what won for best editing? 
The Departed, of course. Mm-hmm. Not ideal. It's a good movie. I do like The Departed, but... But the long takes in this one, that's editing. That's editing. Lack of it is also it. <laughs> um... <laughs> What have you guys been up to lately? That that's Children of Men. The end. We did it. Congrats. We did it. We did it. It's um, been a while since we recorded. Yeah, I'm, I was just gonna do stuff like the last week. Yeah. No, no, no. You need to tell us every single thing you've done in the last two or three weeks Bus. since we recorded. Um, I read "Beautiful World, Where Are You" by Sally Rooney. It's the new Sally Rooney book. Um, is she the one that, that did normal sister? people? Yeah. She did normal. Not what you said. Not Mickey Rooney's sister? No. Um, <laughs> is it? I don't know any other Rooney's. All right. Uh, and then I also, <laughs> in the course of about eight days, watched all three seasons of Sex Education. It was like a disease I couldn't stop. I literally could not stop. <laughs> it was awful and like really stressful because like that's a that's it's a 24 hours of television in eight days yikes yeah um, i thought that that like that show's it's funny good, though yeah. it's, it's it's like a comedy right yeah i've never watched it but like i thought it was a comedy so i was expecting the episodes to be like 30 minutes and then i was like all right i think it's finally time everybody else is watching this show the third season's supposedly really good I think I'll catch up on this show. And I went to go watch it in the first episode. like 57 minutes. I was like, okay. What? No, Netflix. You gotta stop. It's so long. It's like, it's like a comedy mixed with like an after school special. But then like visually beautiful and everyone's costumes are beautiful. And Please. it's like funny, but then it's also like, will they, won't they get together? Um, I don't know. I really, I really liked it. I've heard it's very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, I also saw James Bond last night. Oh yeah. With with dear Matt sitting here next to me. Sure did. Uh, dear Matt Hansen. It was wonderful. Yeah, it was wonderful. It's so good. Is and, it? And T girl is a Bond lover. She's yeah. a Bond girl. I did. I Do don't you- think this is giving away anything. But when you see the movie, it'll make sense. So I've had crushes on pretty much every James Bond since I was a kid. And I leaned over at one part, which I'm interested to hear if you can guess what part that that, that is. And I just said, Matt, I have never been more attracted to James Bond before in my life. <laughs> yeah, she was writhing in her seat. Oh, yeah. At one point, I literally... There's a line, also if you can guess that, where I just slid out of my seat onto the floor of the movie theater. Yeah. It was like Did one of those... Did you slide out of your uh, seat because your seat was soaking wet and it was like a water slide situation? You were just like... <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't that sort of line. It was like a... Uh-oh. <laughs> it yeah. was like love more than lust line. Yeah, but she slid out of the seat like a car dealership inflatable man that was like <laughs> deflating... <laughs> She's went, There's also a couple of pop-outs in the beginning. Uh, Freaked out. Tyranny went, oh, fuck! And no, I screamed. said, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> and, Were you guys alone in the was, theater? No, no, but I was also holding uh, a beverage that I brought in, and I <laughs> threw my arm up, and so then I was covered. <laughs> how, how much of the movie blueberry. is Rami Malek in? 
Maybe like 25 minutes total. I was going to say like 20%. Okay. Oh. I saw somebody on, on no, Twitter say less. something that he was only in it for like 15 minutes. I was like, damn. <laughs> I said last night to my brother, I was like, I would like a Rami Malik cut of that movie where we just get more scenes of Rami Malik. Because there's not enough, I don't think. But he's pretty good in it. My, it turns out my mom also has a big crush on Rami Malik. I guess. She was like, oh, I really like him. I think he's cute. And I was I like, just, interesting. Every time I see him, I just now think of the dude from Queen. Yeah. With the teeth. Mm. Prince Charles, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> right, yes, of course. <laughs> I mean, it, that description also probably suits. Yeah, with the teeth. Just the teeth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, that's what I was up to. Um, what have I been up to? I watched Inside again twice. <laughs> I saw the new James Bond and loved it. Twice. I, <laughs> Yeah, twice. That's, I saw that's what you've been twice. up to lately, is just re-watching things multiple times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I also re-watched Nightmare Before Christmas. and Twice. Twice, yeah. <laughs> and what else have I watched recently? Um, I've been watching a little bit of Why the Last Man I Have to Catch Up, though, but so far into it, like it a lot. Um, oh, yeah, re-watching I Think You Should Leave, as always. Um... No coffin, please. Just wet, wet mud. Bay. Yeah, bay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, God. Um, Yeah, that's about... Oh, and then I've been listening to the the podcast Smartless with Will Arnett and Jason Bateman and Sean Hayes. They've had some really great guests on. Uh, It's something they started in pandemic since they could do video calls with their friends. And... There's a Goodbye Rudolph episode, Julia Wee's Dreyfus episode, Paul McCartney episode. Um, and it's just very fun and funny uh, to hear how they interact with each other. And yeah, I think that's, I feel like that's all that I've done. I'm about to like dive headfirst into some movie watching. Yeah. I think very soon. As soon as I'm planted back in my <laughs> once, new home once in you LA. Stop being transient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once I can, like, sleep in a bed. You just come over to the dark side where you're just permanently transient. Yeah, I think I will move forever just to keep things fresh and make my life It miserable. helps you not accrue possessions. Yeah, that's not something that I'm good at. <laughs> Have uh, you met Matt? <laughs> Matt loves yeah. accruing possessions. It's, like, one of we, his favorite when we, things. <laughs> when we unpacked the truck in L.A., my roommates were like, yeah, you did say you had a lot of shit. And I was like, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> But then I put it all away, and everyone was like, wow, I'm actually impressed. And I was like, that's what my last roommate said. <laughs> but there's just, like, little knickknacks everywhere. Anyway, uh, that's all that was I for me to do. That's it. Now for you to talk, Colin? Uh, sure, I can talk. I can do the talking now. Um, Please. Did we talk? I can't, it's been so long. Literally, it's been uh, a month <laughs> since we've recorded <laughs> Um, so I'm trying to remember, did we talk about only murders in the building the last time we recorded? No, you texted us. Yeah, I know you said it was fun. It's so fun. Um, I've been watching that. I've been watching Why the Last Man. I've been watching a lot of TV lately, which is a thing that I don't do very often. But a lot Mm. of the shows I've been watching are weekly release model, which is wonderful. And I don't know why everybody thought we needed to get away from that. But let's go back to that. It's great. One episode a week. Love it. Um, and then I started, I've been, I've been going back to movie theaters. I had like a little break where I wasn't really doing that very often, but, 
Uh, I saw the new Venom movie, and it's fine. I don't get I don't get how people yeah. like it. <laughs> I just genuinely don't understand. Um, I saw the new Candyman. I thought that was kind of disappointing. But oh, it was damn. set in Chicago, so I was like, oh. I know, okay. I've seen the posters. Uh, and then I saw Tatane. And that movie fucking rules. And I'm not going to say anything about it, but everybody should just go see that movie. What's it about? A girl who has sex with a car. (laughs) (laughs) I made a joke about that earlier. (laughs) But that's actually a a thing that happens in this movie. That's not actually what the movie is about, but that's a thing that happens in this movie. And it is... And it won the can. It won the Palme d'Or at Cannes. That's not surprising, though. The French were like, we love a car fucking movie. <laughs> didn't, uh, didn't, uh, God, what's the name of Parasite, it? Parasite, yes. Parasite one. It's Palm like, door. no, it's like Glory Road, which is also like a weird sex one. Pretty sure that one. You keep talking, I'll find it. Yeah, no, I mean, like, can. Holy Motors. Mm. Oh, maybe. I don't know, but this movie is, like, I'm not doing this movie justice by saying that it's, like, that's not a fair read on what this movie is. It's actually, like, way more than just that. Um, And it is unexpectedly moving and sweet, but also... And sexy? A movie where a woman has sex with a car. (laughs) What type of car, though? I don't know. It's, like, an old... You don't know. It's an old, like, classic car of some variety. Interesting. You can go watch the movie. And it's and you not can... Christine, the Stephen King car? It's not Christine. This woman does not have sex with Christine. Damn. Unless the car's name is Christine. Yeah, do we have confirmation what the car's name is? My car's name is Claude. My car's name is Uni. Uni? Is that short yeah, for Eunuch? No. Because it's a Versa, so it's Universa. I'm finished.